0: Praise the Lord, everybody. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Glad to be live streaming again. Glad that we had to get we had to ditch. I uh, I know you're not supposed to do these things, but you know East Link let us down, so we're with Bell Alliance. I just wanna put a plug in for Bell Alliant because they showed up when East Link didn't. Are you trying to trash East Link? No, I'm just saying they didn't show up. And so just but so there. <laughs> no no but it's okay, but they said they were coming and then they didn't several times. So so I just think that those kind of things need to be talked about. Need to let you know. Okay. Let's get into the word now, shall we? Exodus Exodus chapter twenty and verse twenty. Second Chronicles chapter twenty and verse twenty. We're gonna add three verses today. Because it's not about a New Year's resolution. We're believing for a New Year's revelation. The three verses that I'm going to give you today, if you can get those, you'll change your life forever. Just three verses. The first one, I think, is in Luke 12 and verse 32, where it says that it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So, if it's his pleasure to give it to you, then it must be your pleasure to receive it. The next one I wanted to give you is Colossians 2, 9, and 10, where it says that in him, in Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. So, in God's economy, you're already finished. He said it is finished. When he created man in Genesis chapter 1, he said it was finished. He said, let's make man in our image and in our, in our likeness and let them have dominion, let them have authority. Now, uh, I have a, a, a Christian friend that I've, that I've known, n- not real well, but over a number of years that just went home to be with the Lord yesterday. Dan Smith, maybe some of you would know him. And uh, the person that told me about it said the Lord took him home, Right? And that's what we say. That's the Christian thing that we say. But God can't take him home. God can receive him home. But God God has the power to take you all home. But he doesn't have the authority. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I mean he gave authority to Adam. And then you can read very clearly in Matthew chapter 4 and in Luke chapter 4, Satan bragging about how The authority was delivered unto him, that he's now the prince of this world, that Adam committed high treason and turned the authority that he had over to Satan. Matter of fact, Satan offered it to Jesus, said, you don't have to go to the cross if you just bow down to me, I'll give it to you right now. No, my Bible says in Proverbs 18, 20, and 21, that life and death are in the power of the tongue because I have the authority. So I'm, I'm glad that he'll receive me home, but he doesn't take anybody home. We go home with our own mouths. Well, let's, let's think about um, Peter 5 and verse 7, you know, where he says, cast all your care upon the Lord, for he cares for you. So I'll go over here. This is my care. Give to John, give to God, but then I'm going to spend the rest of my time walking around worrying about it. So he can't do anything about it because I really didn't give it to him. It's like finances. He said, I'll supply all, my, all your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus, and you can tithe and you can give offerings, you can even do everything right. But if you're sweating over it, it's not going to work. He cannot. Listen, he, Satan would love it if God would just disobey his own word one time. But he can't. He's bound by his word. Therefore, he needs your voice, and it needs to be the voice of faith. Like, you, you know, you, you confess these things, but until you get a revelation of it, he's very limited on what he can do in your life. You can pray for healing until you're pink, blue, yellow. But until you receive it by faith and declare it with your mouth, you remain sick. God, why won't you heal me? Well, forget it then. Are you understanding what we're saying here? God does not have the authority you do. And when you speak, you give him authority to do what the word says. Oh, I thought God was in charge. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I understand it says that in Psalm 24 and verse 1. But if you think what's happening in this earth today, it's kind of like when a preacher says, well, everybody that is here that's supposed to be here. No, they're not. This place is supposed to be full. So is every other church in the the city. We use that for an excuse for not believing God to fill the chairs. And until we declare them full... Uh, if the pastor would preach better, if the praise and worship was better. No, if you'd believe God. I said, no, if you would begin to believe God. Don't be a make-believer, be a believer. Anyway, <laughs> you yeah, happy <be> so far? <laughs> okay, the Verse. what verses did I give you? Colossians 2, 9 and 10. What does it say? In him, in Christ. Next Verse. Now is that true or is that not true? Well, I'll be glad when I get better. No, you're completing him. How do I get completing him? By saying I'm completing him. <laughs> no, no, it's kind of like the prayers in Colossians chapter three. You know, he, he he's telling you he's telling you to pray those scriptures, not to read them and and and, and just you know you have to you have to pray and give voice. You 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 have to give voice to God's word in order for it to be activated in your life. All of His promises are voice activated, and and they're, and 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 it comes through faith. It comes through faith, because uh, you know. Well, while we were at prayer here yesterday morning, somebody said, "You know, fear invites the devil in." Well, that's true, but but faith without faith, God can't get in. By fear, the devil gets in, but by faith, God gets in. Yeah. That's why he said, "Without faith, it's Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please me, because number one, you must believe that I exist, and number two, that I'm a rewarder, because you diligently seek me. I want to reward you." We get this crazy idea. We get crazy ideas about what the Bible says when it really is very clear. It's kind of like, does God want me blessed financially? Well, Genesis 13, verse 2, if you just look at that, where the Bible says that, that Abraham was very rich with silver and gold and camels and BMW camels and Mercedes camels. And he had 300 people that were living in his own house. If you had 300 people show up at your house today, how would you fare? No, but we got, to get those, we got to get this religiosity, this religious thinking off of us. Galatians 3.29 makes it very clear. If any man, who would that be? If any man be in Christ, he's Abraham's seed in heirs of the promise. Well, I don't see it Well, because you're not in faith. Faith sees what the natural eye doesn't see. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. If you could see it, you would need faith for it. But if you can see it in the word, you can seize it in your life. You got to believe what when John said in third John two, beloved, I pray above all else that you will prosper, that you'll be in health. He was 12, too. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and despised the sin. The cross was for your healing and your total redemption. What was redemption? Back to God's original intention for you in Genesis chapter 2. Did you know that Adam didn't get up one day and worry about provision? He wasn't stressed out about anything until fear entered into his heart. And the Bible says that God came looking for him to talk to him like they did. And Abraham was hiding because he was afraid. The enemy of faith, fear. If you're really going to believe God, you need to take this book. And this this is it. It's not a doctor's report. It's not a banker's report. This is the truth. And then you need to make sure that you line your mouth up with it because if you're going to talk faith in church and talk negative trash all week long, what are we going to do about this? I don't know how we're going to pay for that. Well, the Lord took another saint home. No. My Bible say with long life, I will satisfy you. If somebody went home because they were satisfied, that's good. But any other way, they, 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 they got taken, Proverbs 6, 2 says, sneered by the words of your mouth. Somewhere you got in agreement with the doctor above what the Bible says. Somewhere you got in agreement with symptoms above what the Bible says. Whiteness this, church here, This is gospel. This is... Anyway, I only gave you two verses so far, didn't I? Luke twelve thirty two, Colossians two nine and ten. And this verse that came out in prayer yesterday while we were here in prayer. For those of you that weren't in prayer, I encourage you do like Stefan and I did. We made an agreement. Unless we're dropped dead, we're going to be in prayer. Right? Well, it wasn't quite that serious, but. No, no, when you make a decision like that, I made a decision before I went to bed on Friday night. I was awake most of the night. Because I was going to have to get up at 6 to be here for 7, right? Actually, I was going to have to leave the house at 6 to be here for 7. So, what are you doing? Something different? Not religious, not, not, not a religious thing. Something different because I want something different. If I don't want anything different, I can keep on doing what I've always done. If I keep on doing what I've always done, there'd be slight improvements, but a little extra on your ordinary, it was where you get the word extraordinary. You know, it's not some big, well, that's it, I'm going to fast for a week. No, you won't. (laughs) I'm going to get up every morning at 4 o'clock and pray. Well, you might. Be it last verse. won't be the last verse, but you need to get a hold of this verse too. Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58 where he says to be steadfast. Steadfast is an interesting word because it's where you take molten metal and pour it in a mold until it hardens. So get hot and pour yourself out. Be steadfast, unmovable, unmovable. Landed, come on. Psalm number one. The reason why the, the the rabbis tell you Psalm number one is number one is because it's the key to life. Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't stand in the way of the sinner. Don't sit in the seat of the scornful. They're everywhere, mostly in church. Come on, I've been in church for a long time. I met them. Yeah. Don't don't stand in the way of the sinner. No, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, they're the people that come and talk in you after church. (laughs) Sometimes before church. They're going to try to bless God and tell you what I think. No, please don't. Tell me what the word says. Don't give me your opinion. (laughs) Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't stand in the way of the sinner because you end up sitting in the seat of the scornful. You know, and what happens with that is you don't come to church expecting God to move anymore because you've gotten off into this place of critical. I don't like the way they played the guitar. I don't like the way they did that song. I don't No, No, we're coming here to meet God. We're not coming here for socializing. I mean, it's it's nice, but we're not here to be hanging around out there in a foyer after church started yakking. We're supposed to be in here praising God. We came to meet him. I'm glad I get fellowship with you, but my, my place is in here. And, and I'm, not coming, I'm not coming to get something. I'm coming because this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and I'll be glad in it. So you find yourself sitting in the seat of the scornful. Don't do that. No, no. He said, but, but he said, the good man, his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in the word of God. And in that word, he meditates day and night. And he's a tree planted. I've never seen a church like the church in North America today. Another church opens up in another part of town, especially down in Fort Worth where we go. Man, you know, what happened? They were having three services here, now they're only having one. Yeah, because another place opened up down there, and now they're having three services down there. You go down there and you look around, it's the same people that were up here. And they call it church growth. (laughs) It got nothing to do with church growth. Church growth is when you get somebody where you work or somebody that you you're running into during the day, and you get them in here and get them saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. That is church growth. The rest of it is just shuffling the deck. I've watched this city. Hallelujah! It's like crazy. Anyway, no, 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 no. <laughs> Be, oh yeah, okay, let's get back to steadfast and unmovable. (laughs) No, but like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Why do I need to be planted? Because you bring forth your fruit in its season. Your leaf won't wither and whatever you do will prosper. So this is exactly what Paul is saying in Corinthians 15 and 58. Be steadfast, unmovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. You know, while you were doing your thing yesterday, there were people here working here in the church all day, getting it ready so that you could come in here today. Be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And you need to know this. Your labor's not a vain in the Lord. He doesn't forget anything. People might forget, but he never, ever forgets. So those are the three verses that we're going to add to the two that we've been looking at. But I want to go back now to the book of Job. (laughs) Don't get too excited about the book of Job. (laughs) The guy said that to me not too long ago. He said, I'm just like Job. I said, oh, good. You're about to get double for everything you lost. No, no, the Bible doesn't talk about the suffering of Job. It talks about the patience of Job. People talk about the suffering of Job. And if you know anything about the Bible at all, about the book of Job, his suffering was everything that he brought on himself because he wasn't in faith. He was living in fear, bound by Fear. But now, in this particular chapter, chapter 11, now I know that, you know, God rebuked these guys for giving out their advice to Job, but some of it is good. Like this particular uh, portion of scripture here is good, it'll help you. Uh, Job chapter 11 and verse um, 13. If you'll prepare your heart, how will I do that? Well, I can prepare my heart by meditating Colossians two ten. I'm complete in Him. I'm not meditating my last failure. I'm meditating the fact that I'm complete in Him. I'm meditating Colossians chapter three. I'm risen with Christ, and so I set my intelligence on the things that are above, and not the things of the earth. For I'm dead, and my life is hid in Christ in God. And when Christ, who is my life, will appear, I'll also appear with him in the glory. Ooh. Now you get think about stuff like that. You get thinking about the good stuff like that. And then he says, put off anger, wrath, malice, and bless me, and fill the communication out of your mouth. How do you do it? Just like that. How do you get dressed in the morning? You put on a shirt, you put on a pair of pants or a dress. Something, I didn't put on a dress, but you know what I'm saying these these days it might be acceptable. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that. <laughs> he's saying you put off and put on by the words of your mouth. I put away anger. I put away wrath. I put away malice. Filthy communication out of my lips. I stopped lying. He's writing to the church. And he, he's writing to the church at Colossae, and he said, "Stop lying to one another." That was the church. It was the church he was writing to. <laughs> then he gets into all kinds of other stuff. It's like the gifts of the Spirit when you read Corinthians chapter 12. Read chapter 11 where they were coming to take communion and see some of the stuff that they were into. <laughs> it's just like, there's hope for all of us. Okay, amen. Anyway, Job. Okay, we're back to Job. If you'll prepare your heart, if you'll turn around, if you'll begin to, cl- to declare things like, Greater is he that is in me than he that's in my circumstance. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. Not, I don't have enough to make it to the end of the week. The natural man doesn't have enough to make it to the end of the week. The spirit man has all of his needs supplied according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you are the deciding factor. You're the one. It's not the devil. The devil will provoke you to say the wrong thing. But if you keep saying the right thing, right things will happen in your life. And if you don't like where you are right now, look at the words that you spoke. Not in here in church. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Everything is good. Oh, yeah, we're doing fine. The family's fine. Everything is fine. And then you get back in the car and, oh, my God, what are we going to do? That's the stuff. It's the stuff that's not in public. Turn it around. How do I do that? You just you just ask the Holy Ghost. You know, James chapter three said, "Who can tame the tongue?" The Holy Ghost can. Matter of fact, he said, "It's like a bit in your." He said, "He said putting a bit in your mouth, a bit in your mouth is you know for a horse, it puts pressure on the tongue." So he's saying, take this word, and put pressure on your tongue. He 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 goes on to say. I remember one time there was a, uh, an oil rig down on the docks there in Woodside, just like there is right now. And I was down there at 3 o'clock in the morning. It was a beautiful, calm, starry night. And I could actually see the stars through my welding glass from the back. I was watching when I was doing it in the front, but I could see the stars in the back. And I was there enjoying myself. Right down about just a foot off the water on a little piece of stage and welding. Da, 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 da. The next thing I saw was all the stars disappeared. And right away, without even thinking about it, I leaped up and got up to the top of the ladder probably in two jumps. What had happened was, there was one of those big container ships coming into harbor in the middle of the night. And they shut the engine down, I think, or put it in reverse because it takes, it takes like a couple of kilometers to get those things stopped. And uh, so it went by and I jumped up and got right out of the way before a big wave just wiped out everything that I had down there on the staging. But it really spoke to me. Because the Bible says, your tongue is like the rudder of a ship. It's, you can't see it. It's underwater. But it's steering the course of your life. Your tongue is. Then, you know, when you're working down on the docks like I did all those years, you watch the sailboats tacking their way out to harbor because the wind is coming in the harbor and they have to tack their way out and you realize the wind does not determine the destination of the ship the rudder does so the storms that are blowing on your life are not the problem really not the problem the problem is what you're agreeing with where the devil is concerned yeah, I don't think I can make it to another month listen to me Satan is only after one thing, your faith. Read Mark 4, beginning of verse 14, the sower sows the word and realize what he's after. He said, he said persecution will come, uh, uh, affliction will come for the word's sake so that he can steal it out of your heart. If he can get your faith, he can get your future. But if he can't, don't just recognize that whatever's going on in your life, he's after your faith. Don't give in. Amen. Okay. If you prepare your heart, stretch out your hands toward him, why do you raise your hands in church? Because it turns you away from wickedness. (laughs) You'll lift up your face, verse 15, without spot, and you shall be, there's that word, steadfast and not fear. Steadfast, it's the word yatsak, Y-A-T-S-A-Q, and it means to cast metal into a mold. When God's talking about you being steadfast, that's what he's saying. Because you'll forget your misery, verse 16, like waters that pass away. And your age shall be clearer than the noonday, and you shall shine forth and be as the morning. What You know what I like about the morning? Is you've just been resurrected from the dead again. <laughs> you kick off the sheets, and up you come from the grave. No, but you get a fresh start every day. Like, you, you know, yesterday, you can't go back and fix it, but you can get up today and say, you know what? I'm going to do what the Word says today. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to thank Him. I'm not going to give Him thanks for my situation, but my Bible tells me in everything give thanks, not for everything. So I'm going to thank Him that I'm alive today and that the change agent, the Holy Ghost, is sitting up on the inside of me and things are getting better. Things are getting ready to change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, you'll forget your misery and you'll be, your, your day will be clearer than the noonday and you'll shine forth like the morning and you shall be secure because there's hope. Yeah, you shall, you shall take rest in safety and also you shall lie down and, and none will make you afraid. No fear. Imagine going to bed with, with nothing on your mind. No anxious thoughts. What am I going to do about this? It should not even be on your lips. What it should be is God, what are we? What are we going to do lord i'm not I'm not here by myself. I'm not independent, but the eyes of the wicked shall fail, and they shall not escape, and their hope shall be like giving up the ghost first corinthians fifteen fifty eight let's go read it. How about stopping at Luke 12, 20, uh, 32 on the way by? How many of you got red letter Bibles? So is this a red? So this is not Gary speaking it. Verse 31, but rather seek the kingdom of God. All these things will be added unto you. What's the kingdom of God? Come on, that's it. Romans 14, 17, righteousness, peace, peace. Enjoy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. He said the kingdom doesn't come by observation. The kingdom of God is where, within you. The kingdom of God, the whole kingdom of God, has been downloaded in you. Romans eight eleven says the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and quickens your mortal body. The potential that's on the inside of you is so much greater, but the mind has to be renewed. That's what Romans 12, 2 is all about. You need to renew your mind because you don't think right. Man didn't need an education until he fell from from grace. Before that, he had revelation, knowledge of everything. He could see into the realm of the spirit all the time. But when he fell, Satan came and gave him an education. And that's why we have to deal with what we deal with these days. Anyway, he said, but rather seek the kingdom of God. All these things shall be added unto you. Fear not. Why? Because... Fear blocks his ability to work in your life. That's why when I gave all my cares to John over there, and I still had the worried look on my face, there was nothing that God could do. Do I don't say that he didn't want to. I'm saying that he couldn't. What do you mean he couldn't? Well, he went to Nazareth, his own town, and the Bible says he couldn't do any miracles there because of their corporate unbelief. You can have a culture of unbelief in a city, in a town, in a church. As we're trying to cultivate a culture, a belief here. We believe God, not, not our circumstances. We believe that the greater one is rising up in, in us and taking over our circumstances. Fear not, little flock. Why? Because it's the Father's. It's the Father's. So what makes him happy? Giving you the kingdom. Well, I don't feel. That's good. I'm glad you don't feel. You're not led by feelings. God has feelings too. One time he told Jeremiah, he said, I, he said, I wished I was a river in the wilderness. I've cried so many tears over my people. God, God has emotions, you know. You're created in his image and likeness. But aren't you glad he's not led by his emotions or he'd have wiped everybody out? No, remember when he was ticked off back in Moses' day? Hey, Moses. Hallelujah. Okay, let's, uh, if you're not, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Nancy, is Gleb here today? Yeah. How about Sharon Hurstman? Is she here? Good. Give her a microphone right now. This is a good opportunity to illustrate a sermon. It's the father's good pleasure of in the kingdom.
1: Good morning, everybody. Hi. I will walk in all the kingdom he gave me one day. For this day, I'm walking healed. I'm just going to go a, a little bit further back. Um,
0: Would you like a- someone to hold the mic for you so that you can read your notes? You
1: okay? I think I'm okay. okay. Thank you. Uh, I came back to church, of course, the day we moved in here. And uh, I felt lower than a snake's belly, you know? So, but right away, Pastor kept preaching to my heart, preaching to my heart. And in September, I had been studying for healing since I came back to the church. And uh, so, Pastor, one day, after he finished the sermon, of course, I was pumped to receive. So, he was had an anointing for healing. So, uh, I came up. And I still remember Pastor said, Christ is one step in front of you, and his next step, he'll be in you. So... I received my healing that day. Thank you, Lord. For my lungs. When I got home, of course, who came to visit to tell me, yeah, that's foolishness, you didn't get that? But a couple days later, I came back. I didn't let go of it. I came back, and Pastor says, yeah, you come in here and you get healed. And then what do you do? You walk away and forget. That you got that healing, you know? How did he know? <laughs> so, uh, when I first started to study about it, I went right back to Genesis, uh, and where God made the man, and God breathed in his nostrils. And I thought, well, we got that back again when Jesus died on that cross for us. I got God's breath in my nostrils. So then we start singing. Your breath is in my lungs, and I pour out my praise. And man, I sang that song. I couldn't get it out loud enough and and high enough. Because that, that was for me. It was for me. And I didn't want to be shy about it. I'm not shy anyway, but... So anyway, then I got a book by Joseph Prince. It's all about communion and what that can what it can do for you and it's not a book to rush through but along with the healing God gave me Isaiah fifty three. Amen. He said he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. And the chastisement of my peace was upon him and I was healed. I thought thank you God that I got a revelation right there. That that was for me, and that that is my scripture to stand on. And I've been standing on it. But along with that, to read this book, it just gives you more and more every time we take communion. It's supposed to be joyful. But he showed me that... When I was going to take communion, by the stripes on his back, the furrows on his back, his organs could be seen. And I'm claiming what he did for my lungs on that day. So that's, that's what I'm standing on. Praise and I just thank everybody here. I thank you for all the love that was when I came back. That was the first thing I felt, all the love that was here that I had been missing. Almost 10 years, almost 10 years. But God is good because he never, ever, ever, ever left me. He was there and he drew me back. He drew me back to the place where I found love, real love. Thank so, you, I would take Lord. up all the time. Thank, good. You so Thank, much. You. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 3. Webb has a really good testimony, but he's obviously. I have no comment on that. Well, yeah, I do have a comment. For those of you watching live stream that don't have winter tires. <laughs> No, no, you get on a hill with a little bit of snow on it. And because you don't have winter tires, you... And you turn the whole hill into ice. So the people like us that have invested in winter tires come along. We can't get up there either because you're sideways halfway up the hill. So, come on. We're putting a bed on the moon. Surely you can put tires on your car. Come on. Anyway. Anyway. God told me not to use the pulpit for my own personal use. I repent right now in Jesus' name. I've shared political opinions here he wasn't pleased with. So so now I just pray, remove him, God, in Jesus' name. <laughs> no, don't no, pray for those who are in authority over you. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Help me, Lord. Don't don't fry me here at the pulpit. Okay. Let's let's go look at um Hebrews chapter three and verse twelve. The whole chapter is amazing. Well, how about verse six? But Christ is a son over his own house. Whose house are we? You're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. You're the household of faith. Wow. If we hold fast, that's free and fearless and with confidence that, and, and rejoicing. Look at that. If we, look at this. If we hold fast, we're free and we're fearless, fearless and we're rejoicing of the hope firm until the end. And rejoicing doesn't mean just when you're celebrating a victory. Yeah, you're always celebrating a victory, but you might not be walking in it right now. But you're celebrating it because you know it's coming. And one time we were in here in the service and I saw Caleb jumping over a moon and clicking his ankles together. It may not have manifested in his life yet, but I promise you, he'll be coming and telling me, guess what? Yeah, well, I mean, why would God show me something like that? I mean, you know, okay. <laughs> It sounds like a victory celebration, doesn't it? Some great victory coming in his life. Hallelujah, that he'll share from here. Okay. He said, rejoicing with hope firm until the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said today, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart like they did when they were tempted in the wilderness your fathers, were, they tempted me and proved me and saw my works 40 years, and I was grieved with that generation. He said, they always err in their hearts, and they have not, because you err in your heart when you don't know his ways. See, if you know his ways, and if you start with God, his love, then his ways will be pretty easy to figure out. Matter of fact, they said about Moses, they, they said the Hebrew people knew the acts of God, but Moses knew his ways. He knew his personality. And and then he wrote, and then he went on in that same chapter, Numbers chapter twelve, and he said Moses was the humblest man on earth. And I I I put a little smile in the margin because I realized Moses wrote wrote the book of Numbers. <laughs> yep, Moses. That would be like me writing a book and saying, "And Gary Hooper is the most humble man on earth." <laughs> anyway, he wrote it. <laughs> Verse 12, take heed, brethren. So you know who he's talking to, the church. Lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief. We don't think about it that way, do we? An evil heart of unbelief. Departing from the living God. But exhort one another. This is what we're doing here today. That's why we, another reason why we come to church, we come to meet him and to exhort one another. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Verse 12 For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. Hallelujah. But you know that confidence, it doesn't come from works, it comes from believing God. Uh, verse 18. Verse 19. So we see that they could not enter into the rest of God because of unbelief. And this is why we don't either. Like there is a rest of God. When you, when when faith comes, there's a rest that comes with it. And he'll go down in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 11 and he said, The only labor that you're to be involved in is labor to enter into my rest. And then the next verse he tells you how. For my word is alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing and dividing asunder. The soul, the spirit, the joints and the marrow, discerning the thoughts, the intents of the heart. He's saying, when my word, when you meditate my word, it'll bring you to a state of rest. Because you're not into your own works. Your works have ceased. Uh, Chapter 4 and verse 1, I'm not going to get, like we could just go with this, but I'm not going to. He said, let us therefore fear, now this is a positive kind of fear, this yra this fear. Let us therefore fear, uh, lest, lest we fail to enter into the rest of God, that we would fall short of that rest. Because for unto us, today right here, right now, Is this good news? Gospel means good news preached as well as unto them. But the word preached unto them didn't work for them because they didn't mix it with faith. You ever see a cement mixer? You pour the ingredients in and it spins it around and you get the cement out. The mixer is your tongue here. How you mix the word with faith is by talking it out and even when you start praying some of these things that we confess over our lives we don't believe them when we start we we keep confessing until we until we do one is a confession unto salvation and the other one is the confession of salvation so you keep you keep talking it until you change your mind until you begin to see things differently right so he said be confident and steadfast until the end Hebrews chapter 6, we'll close over in Hebrews chapter 6. Verse 13, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. What does that mean? Well, it used to be when I went to court the first time, I was eight or nine years old. And uh, (laughs) I was a young offender. (laughs) My mother was with me. She was not happy. But I remember I had to put my hand on the Bible and swear to tell the truth. Nothing but the truth to help me God, right? And and so what God is saying is I couldn't swear by any greater. So I swore to myself, I promise to keep, I promise that I will never leave you and never fail you and never forsake you. And so help me, me. Because there's no one greater. So the promises that he gave to you. Peter one four exceeding great and precious promises he made them and he said and he said it was to him I swear I swear by me again that's numbers twenty three nineteen <laughs> I'm not a man that I should lie or the son of man that I should repent I've sworn that I will bless you and I will so if he's going to bless me I just need to get in under that hand right need to operate in faith so 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 Abraham he said I couldn't swear by any greater. I swore by myself. This is, now this, again, Galatians 3.29, hook it up. Any man be in Christ, he's Abraham's seed. So whatever promise you see to Abraham is yours too. Abraham is called the father of faith, right? So if you're a faith person, he's your dad. It says, I promised I will bless you and multiply, I will multiply you. Now we'd like to rip the next verse out. Right? After he, what? <laughs> no, in this drive through world we live in, I want to order the blessing at one side and drive around and get to pick it up at the other window and just keep on my way, right? I said, Lord, I realize I'm an American, Americano drinking cof- coffee drinker and I serve in a decaf God. <laughs> He doesn't get he doesn't get anxious about anything. He doesn't. Well, we gotta do that right away. We gotta do that right away. No, the Bible says he seated. The whole thing's worked out. So it says after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Verse sixteen: For men here swear by a greater an oath of confirmation, like I did when I went to court, and it's the end of all strife. It's really the end. When you believe the covenant of God, it's the end of all arguments. He, he said it. Psalm 138 and verse 80 said, I've magnified my word even above my name. Verse 2 rather. As far as God is concerned, this legal document is done. It's complete. It's the first blood covenant and the, and the last blood covenant, but it's all for you. He said, this is the end of all strife. The the oath becomes the point where all truth is established. Without a question, the oath is binding when the oath is taken. This is a legal document, and that's why I have to be in line with what his word says in order to get what his promises are. I can't get them by crying and complaining and looking for sympathy from God. I might be looking for sympathy from him, but he's looking for faith from me. And he, he, look, he, I I don't mean that he doesn't have sympathy on you, you know, but you've got him handcuffed. He can't help you. If you don't get over in faith, there's nothing he can do. He can't violate his word just for you. He violated his word, the universe would collapse. Because it's established on his word. So don't think that he doesn't love you because you don't seem to get your prayer answered. Find out why you're not getting, why you're not lined up. Are you really believing or are you worrying and just still doing? See, as long as you keep doing it, he won't. As long as you keep doing it, I'm going to work 60, 70 hours a week and make my money and blah, blah, blah. Will you go ahead? You go ahead, you, you know, you sacrifice family on the altar, finances and all that kind of stuff, and good success, to, but that's not God's way. God took Abraham out of the Babylonian system and said, I'm taking you out of the Chaldees, and then he took him into a place where there was a famine because he said, until you're, until you're completely delivered from self, from self-dependence, you, you, you will never advance and become the father of faith that I've called you to be. As long as you're going to depend on what you can do, work on. Be proud of yourself if you want to. Pat yourself on the back for all you're doing. But it's not God's will for your life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Verse 17. We're in God willing more abundantly to show unto his heirs the promise promise of immobility. That's unchangeableness. The council confirmed by an oath. But these two immutable things, now you can read about this in Genesis chapter 15, when God made the covenant with Abraham, the first thing he did was put Abraham to sleep. And then the Bible says that a a burning lamp and a consuming fire passed through the pieces of that sacrifice. God the Father, what he's saying here in Hebrews chapter 6 is God the Father made the covenant with Christ the Son so that you and I couldn't screw it up. By two immutable things, God the Father and God the Son. This is an unchangeable covenant because he didn't make it with Abraham directly. Abraham brought the sacrifice. That's why tithing, tithing and giving offerings, whether you object to it or not, it's a covenant connection. <laughs> if you don't need it, continue on the way you go. But know that it's a, if you're going to believe God, believe him in the area of finance for sure. If you can't believe him in the area of finance, what are you going to do when a health issue comes? You believe him to split the sky and take you to heaven, but you don't believe that he can pay your bills next week? What? What? No, shake yourself. By two immutable things, in which it is impossible to God to lie, we have a strong consolation. We have fled for the refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. Wherefore, which we have which hope we have is an anchor for the soul, sure and steadfast, which entereth into the veil, which is a forerunner for us, the vanity in Jesus, the priest after the order of Melchizedek. And I've explained this before, but I'll explain it again because he's talking here about, he's talking here about a forerunner and it's not, um, it's not a Toyota. A forerunner back in the day if a ship came in the harbor, a strange harbor, especially like, like it was yesterday with all the fog from the snowmelt and everything, they didn't know where the rocks were. They didn't know where the dangers were. And they needed to get to a place where they would tie up. They had a guy on the ship called a forerunner. And he would dive off the bow of the ship with a thin rope. And he would swim through the channel until he got to shore and tie that rope on a tree and then begin to pull on the bigger rope and they would follow that rope through the course so that they could get there safely. And really what he's saying to us is, Jesus is our forerunner. He's already gone in within the veil, into the Holy of Holies. And all I have to do is follow the rope. I don't have to have my own path. I just need to follow him. Come on, he, think about what he says. Matthew chapter 11, beginning of verse 28. You know, take my yoke. Are you weary and heavy laden? Oh, you that weary, you're, you're tired of your labor. Your labor. <laughs> come on. He's not just talking about your, your physical bond. He's talking about maybe you're laboring at a job that you don't like and you're working way too many hours as well. He said, you that labor and are weary and heavy laden. He said, come to me and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke this is the part, though. A yoke means you're not in charge. A yoke, when I'm yoked to Jesus, where he goes is where I go because the yoke's going to pull me along or the rope is going to pull me along. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I'm meek and lowly. He's a humble God. He said, I'll give you rest and a pauses. He said, I'll show you how to pause. I'll show you how to take time to reflect you just won't be working, 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 trying to make ends meet. You'll be doing what I taught you in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 30, 33, seeking first the kingdom of God and his way of doing things and all those things that the Gentiles seek will be added on to you. But if you're doing it the same way the Gentiles do, what's the difference? Well, he got me a good job. Well, I'm glad of that. Did he get you a good two jobs? Am I being led by the... Holy Ghost, am I being being driven by lack? Because if you're being driven by lack, you'll never get enough. You'll never escape. But if you're being led by the Holy Ghost, there'll be blessings all along the path. Come on, he said, he said this, I'll give you houses that you didn't build. We, we, we live so far below what God intended for us to live. I'm, I'm not talking, I'm talking, my, I'm, I'm telling you, we have no idea. You know, the church, the church lives on welfare and handouts. Most of the church, is there a grant for this and is there a grant for that? God never intended, God said, I'll make you to be the head and not the tail. Above and never underneath, you'll lend and not borrow. Can you imagine a church that could lend? Can you imagine a church that could go to the city and say, I understand the police need a, a few new squad cars. We're just here to buy them for you. No, you talk about making impact instead of ringing the bell at Christmas time for an offering. I'm representing God. Does he need somebody ringing a bell to get him a few bucks? Are you kidding me? No, think about it. Think about it. I'm an ambassador for Christ, but Philippians chapter 3 says. What does an ambassador look like? He lives on the economy of the country that he came from. Streets of gold. No, do no, you want to represent Jesus? Walk in with some money in your pocket, not your handout. Now, if you're on welfare and you need a handout right now, that's, that's okay. But don't stay there. That's a trap from the enemy. His grace abounds toward you. No, but in order to get something different, I gotta think something different. I gotta start thinking differently about my God. He said, Ah, he said, Abraham, get out of the Chaldees. I'll bless you. I'll make your name a blessing. And that through you, Abraham, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. We should be you know, we should be able to write checks. Matter of fact, read Corinthians chapter nine. He said, you'll be able to abound to every good work. His intention for you is that you can not squeeze something out. That you'll be able to abound to every good work. That's gospel. The other stuff that gets preached is just religiosity. Dumb religion. Well, God loves the poor. No, the first thing he said was, I came to preach the gospel to the poor. Good news to the poor is you don't need hamburger helper anymore. Hallelujah. It's not about your education. It's not about where you grew up, what side of the tracks you came from, whether you're red, white, yellow, black, or blue. It's got nothing to do with any of that. It's got to do with, do you believe him? Do you believe why he took that beating on his body and why he poured out his blood? I came that you might have life and how? Zoe life, the God quality life, not just barely getting along struggling. No, no. (laughs) When the prodigal son came home, we talked about on Thursday night, he went home because the provision was there. He said, In my Father's house, even the servants are doing better than me. That's what they ought to be saying about the church. I'm going to church because they have provision there, because they're succeeding there, because they've got God on their side there. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. In the world of darkness and the gross darkness upon the people, but God's glory shall be seen upon you. You're so blessed. You're so blessed I had to come here because I've tried everything. There's something different about you. You're not all stressed out about a buck 15 per liter for gas. You just buy gas because you need gas. My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It's a whole change of mindset. Like some of you are warned against it right now. Uh, This is the way I've always done it. I know. I know this is the way you've always done it. That's the way you always thought it too. We came to rock your equilibrium. Take the handcuffs off God. We talk about our chains falling off. This is not the chains that are a problem. You're completing him who's the head of all principality and power. The chains are the ones you put on him so they can't operate in your life. He could do not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. He healed a few headaches and a couple of sick people. Can you imagine a culture where we're all believing God? We're coming in here and we're excited. I don't know what he's going to do today, but it's going to be awesome. To see somebody in front of you in a grocery store, peeling out a few bucks, Hoping they've got enough to pay the bill. And you walk up, click, pay the deal. Jesus loves you. You No, that's what money is. That's the tool. That's one of the tools we're supposed to have on our tool belt. Not, gimme, have you got me? Will you loan me? Gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. No. he said, "I'll bless you, so that you can be a blessing. So receive the blessing, so that you can be the blessing." That's all we're saying to you today. Receive the blessing. How do I do that? By faith. Just make a decision. I'm going to base my life on the Word of God. Every day. If you knew how much He loved you, you'd roll around on the floor and giggle. I'm serious. You would. You'd be kicking your feet up the air and everything. You'd be. Ah. The doubts that you have, they're all in your mind. When I'm preaching this stuff, your spirit man is leaping on the inside, saying, Yes, yes, yes. You head is saying, Well, how can that be? Mary said, How can these things be? Oh, Michael Michael, because or Gabriel rather, because I haven't even known a man. And so Gabriel says, The Holy Ghost is gonna overshadow you. Oh, thanks. That cleared everything up right there. The next words out of her mouth were, "Let it be unto me according to your word." That needs to be the words on your mouth after this message you heard today. You need to declare, "Let this be unto me according to your word, God." This is my I'm, this is my revelation for 2020. I don't need to know this whole book this year, but I need to know those few verses. Not know in my head, but know them because revelation. I'm complete in you. I'm complete. Nothing missing, nothing broken. I'm complete in Christ. I'm complete. He's not mad at me about anything. He's not disappointed in what I've become. He knows how many times I fell down, but he rejoices every time I get up. (laughs) Just keep getting up. You go to bed at night, you get up in the morning. It's as simple as that. Just keep getting up. Keep getting up and spitting in the devil's eye. He's got no authority here on this earth, absolutely none without your voice. I know that he usurped the authority from Adam, but he still needs man's cooperation because he does not have a birth certificate. He doesn't have a legal right to be here. But if you'll yield your voice to him, then he can wreak havoc in your life. He can be like that TV commercial, mayhem. You don't want mayhem in your life, then guard the words of your mouth. Guard them all the time. Just Sometimes you just need to shut up. I don't mean that in a nasty way. But you ever have to, I just want to give somebody the peace of my mind. No, don't. I just, I just need to say, no, you don't. All you need to say is, my God, he's an awesome God. He reigns in heaven above. My God, my God, how great thou art. How great you are, O God. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca.
1: We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.